Well, welcome everyone to the new hour of the Tori Says Show. So we'll be here in the evenings from 7.30 to 9.30. I, I think I like to do things different. People just start at the top of the hour, end at the top of the hour. Always loving to go against the grain, I do. <laughs> so for those of you that are on uh, Facebook and YouTube, I'm going to have to move it along after a while. In order to maintain my channels, I will have to do so. And that is because I'll need them later, just so you know. So digital camouflage isn't something that a lot of people are very aware of or know how to use. So hence why I'm pretty much spelling it out of how this works. So where do we start today? I mean, been setting a few fires on the 1st of July, and it seems like there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork. See, the one thing in war is, is that you must look extremely weak. You must wait for that moment to strike. And now, it's July. I mean, my real strike moment isn't yet, but it's coming. And they know. And fresh out of time, I guess, for many <laughs> My gosh, that's so something I would say again and again and again. But before we begin, I thought today we could talk about Haiti. I thought we could talk about, well, I wanted to talk about Cuba, but I haven't put that article together yet. Yeah, you'll be surprised. You'll be very, very surprised. How it ties into pieces that I've written in 2018, 2019. It's almost like it was spelling it out, but without spelling it out, you know, incognito. I mean, a great general never has its best officers flanking him. And the general of truth, right? The commanding officer of truth, the one that was elected to show the world the truth is way smarter than what anyone would think. While many pose and, and collect and posture, it only helps the world see. What's that saying? Never interrupt the enemy when they are destroying themselves. I mean, okay, I get a little bit excited sometimes and I just have to and I, and I get very upset and I must. But, you know, I am kind of good in, at keeping it a little bit um, a bay, I, I guess. I want to say I am. I'm totally not. That's a lie. <laughs> I am so impatient, very impatient, more so because I know how it's going to pan out and I just want it to get there already. I'm just tired of the, the fakeness. So before I start this morning, someone in the chat had shared a video 
and I really wanted to play it. It's actually quite nice. You, you, you make your decisions in life, and I decided when I was very young, I'm in my mid-twenties, that I was going to say what I believed and see what happened. I talked to you earlier in the talk about adventure, you know, about the adventure of truth, and I don't think, think I'm happy about what has happened, and I certainly have dragged my family through their fair share of, well, both hell and, and also incomprehensible opportunity. It's ex expanded our lives in both directions to a tremendous degree, but it's certainly been an adventure. It's not been dull, and I don't believe that it, I don't believe that it was a mistake. Whatever happens as a consequence of telling the truth is the best thing that can happen. It doesn't really matter how it looks to you at the moment, or maybe even across the years. Because you have to, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an article of faith in some sense. Do you believe that reality is better constituted as a consequence of truth or falsity? If you believe... I hope you are listening to that. Basically what he's telling you is, you know, the truth always has consequences. Uh, either for the person telling the truth or the person that's confronted with the truth, right? And it is the best outcome you'll have. Even if you get whiplash for it, don't worry. There comes a reward later. The truth only hurts once, right? For example, your friend stands you up because, you know, instead of coming to meet with you to go to the movies, they really wanted to sleep. Now, obviously, if they stood you up and fell asleep and decided, you know, I'm not even going to let my friend know, it's a crappy thing to do. But if your friend says, look, I wanted to go to sleep, I really didn't care, I know it's insensitive and I'm sorry. The truth hurts, right? but your friend's okay with it. So here's another truth. <laughs> hey, you got this sign-on deal from your friend to sell XYZ. The little fine print in it was that you can only share news from this, this, and this source. If you share from any other source, you won't get any money. You know, say it to your audience, be frank with them because then they'll understand at least be truthful. They'll, they'll honor you for being truthful. Consequences, most of your listeners will walk away. But on the other hand, they can never say that you're dishonest. So that's a good thing. That reality is best constituted as a consequence of truth. Then you have a responsibility to speak the truth. And you can't assess the consequences and say, well, that was a mistake because part of the decision that reality is best constituted as a consequence of the truth is the decision that no matter what happens is the best if it's a consequence of telling the truth. And so that's what I conclude. It's like, this is what happened because I said what I had to say as clearly as I could say it. And that's as good as it could be. Now, w whether or not that's good, well, it's good compared to all possible alternatives all possible realistic alternatives. That's an article of faith as far as I'm concerned. You know, our culture is predicated on the idea that truth in speech is of divine significance. It's the fundamental presupposition of our culture. Well, if you believe that, then you act it out and you take the consequences. You're going to take the consequences one way or another, you know. So, you want the truth on your side or do you want to hide behind falsehoods? So which one is it? Do you want the truth on your side or do you want someone that tells you things that you like to hear? That's the thing. That is the best avenue to take always. The truth. Wait, um, this. There we go. And the truth shall set you free. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And fortunately, 
people have had a big fight with truth. Nobody likes the truth. Nobody likes it. You know, uh, I've posted, hey, why don't you read these, you know, cute posts that you so pontificate on and uh, take apart and put your digital red string and read them again. And while you're reading them, look in the mirror. Who are they talking about? See, that's what's important. See, hmm, I get comments a lot. Tori, damn, you're causing chaos. Yeah, it's necessary because everything has messed up. All these egos have messed up the truth. There is nothing, nothing on my website, torysays.com, that isn't spot on and still relevant today. Nothing. USAID, oh, they're going to talk about that now. Yeah, well, I wrote an article back in 2018 before the list came out saying who unmasked General Flynn, and I put that idiot's face with the word traitor on it, clearly stating he unmasked General Flynn. Two years before that list was released. Two years. You know, it wasn't happenstance, happened chance that my website was perched because that website is a treasure trove of information. And unfortunately, sometimes I don't remember what I've already put out and whatnot. And I remembered a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago, I asked everyone, Hey, is there any way you guys might be able to find an article that I wrote about Timothy Cunningham? Cause that's really, really important. Oh. Hold on guys. I'm getting a, uh... An emergency alert. It'll probably ring on all the other phones too. Uh, so excuse that interruption. I can't silence emergency alerts. So um, basically I was looking for that article because it's very important now. And I did put out a piece showing you. Do you guys really think that President Trump is stupid? Even those closest to him. Do they think he has no idea what he's doing? <laughs> I hope my rays of light article was great. And while we're on air together, we'll walk through that just to show how much ahead of the curve that president is. He's not the president. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Oops. Oops. Are you sure? Because I'm not so sure. And other people aren't so sure. But I wanted to play a clip from Newsmax where they talked about President Trump. Uh, pretty much, it's go time. Shredding rhinos, establishment, GOP. It was pretty interesting because a lot of people just jumped on something he said as if, pay attention. Straw poll found that people who were in attendance would like to see President Trump back on the ballot in 2024. Let's check in with our own White House correspondent, Emerald Robinson, for the latest. Emerald, uh, what are you hearing? Obviously, plenty of excitement, the grassroots coming together uh, to continue this tradition yeah. of conservatives gathering uh, to set that tempo for what the conservative movement will be moving forward. Sure, but there's also, Joe, yes, the grassroots, maybe the voting base are coming together. And we'll talk more about that straw poll that indicates that the voting base is largely with uh, former President Donald Trump in the Republican Party. But 
there is a continuing schism that is even more defined uh, as of this weekend between the GOP establishment and this Trumpian or Trump conservative movement. In fact, the former president didn't hold back on certain Republicans in his own party. He continued to hammer the GOP establishment. The Democrats are terrible in policy, but they're very vicious and they're smart and they stick together. They don't have Mitt Romney's and little Ben Sasses and Bill Cassidy. How about Bill Cassidy? He campaigns in the great state of Louisiana. He campaigns that he's Trump's friend. Every ad has Trump in it. Trump, 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 Trump. And then he votes to impeach me. Now, the president's remarks nearly coincides with the GOP chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, also coming under fire from Republican voters or many in the Republican base for what they say was a failure to act legally on the legal uh, representation part for the former president, both ahead and post November 3rd in regards to those questions over mail-in ballots and the legitimacy of the rules that were put in place uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now, as I said, former President Donald Trump still remains the most popular Republican in the party so far, if it, as is evidenced in that straw poll from the Texas CPAC convention this week. Uh, if Donald Trump is in the race, according to participants who were there at the convention, 70% of them would back Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis came in second at 28%. Now, if uh, the former president is not in the race, then it is overwhelmingly the Florida governor, DeSantis, who is the favorite amongst those GOP voters who were there. Now, the former president didn't just take aim at those in his own party. He also took aim at the top Democrat right now, that being uh, President Joe Biden, especially his handling of the, the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. The former president suggesting that he would have handled it much differently. He's leaving behind billions and billions of dollars of equipment. I told these generals, I want every, I want every nail brought back home. I want the tanks brought back home. I want it all brought back home. And instead, the Taliban is now parading around with our weapons that Joe Biden allowed them to capture. It's a disgrace. But with all of that being said, we should get out. 21 years is enough. And Joe and Heather, that confirms what we talked about at the end of last week when we asked how would the former president have possibly handled this differently, given that he had gotten the potential to see through the decision he made in his term and with the withdrawal of troops. And that would have been to not leave the infrastructure, uh, all the equipment that they had put in Afghanistan there in the from the United States, that they would have maintained that infrastructure under. Now, before we continue, I'm going to play a clip. OK, we're going to go back in time and we're going to go and play a clip of mine from what is this it's uh january 3rd 2019 take a listen and tajikistan and uzbekistan right pakistan is very wealthy in natural resources and if we were to remove our troops from afghanistan you would see countries like india pakistan tajikistan uzbekistan 
get annihilated by the Taliban. They would be taken over. Oh, but you know, I don't know shit about anything, right? I told you so. Now, oh, it's not boasting. It's pointing in the direction of people that actually have knowledge because I'm tired of all these poor Americans listening to people that have no idea what's going on. They're not even close to being in the know not even close to being in the know. Want to see something else? Well, here's your Rana should be like the COVID Corona McDaniel. I'm going to stop. So I put an article out back. When was this? May 9th, 2020. GOP chair Rana McDaniel may be sabotaging the Trump campaign and administration. In this article, I un- masked one of her methods of getting crowd strike in the RNC. Not only that, the person that actually did it, well, it's as if I knew how to log in to the back door, right? Was named Max. Where's Max? Wait, did they delete him? They deleted him after my article was purged, wasn't it? Gosh, darn it. Wait a minute. Here is his um, it's, his name is Max. Let me, let me just find, oh, shit. let me just find, because this was, see, this is why they deleted my web page. Let me see. My gosh, is Max not in here? Hold on. Election fraud, Eric Braverman. Hold on. So gosh, darn it. Max was the name of the person and I unmasked him. He was part of this team and they purged it. Uh, uh, this was actually taken down this article on purpose because they didn't want you to see who this guy, oh my gosh, look, out of all the pictures, it was that they were using these data science training boot camps. Wait, I should have, there he is, Max Farrago. He works for John Brennan. He was doing all the work to go in the back door of the RNC and helping provide information. I called him out by name. I put his picture everywhere and that's it. I guess I maybe uh, remembered it differently. So I asked a serious question on Twitter. If you were hiring for your cybersecurity firm, what degree would you like your head of engineering to have? Information tech degree, law degree, medical degree, or master's in fine art? Because this guy has no degree in any such sciences. These are the jobs that he's had as an attorney working as an extern, intern, law clerk. Look at him, what he's done. Philosophy, philosophy, school of law. These are the people that are supposedly collecting our money to promote uh, what, <laughs> what we want. The people that are stealing our information, not like Tori knew where the freaking back door is. I showed it to you right here. This is how you get on the back of the Talio so you can get into their back end. And guess who was running all that? CrowdStrike. So again, this is, and I told you so, not to pat myself on the back. I don't need to be patted on the back. I don't need to, right? I know what I'm capable of doing. I know who I am. I'm pointing out that you have a lot of people out there claiming to be in the know, and they don't know anything. Actually, diddly squat. Let's continue. 
after Trump presidency. Heather Joe. All right. Thank you very much, Emerald. Joining us now to discuss uh, President Trump's appearance at CPAC over the weekend is advisor to former President Trump, Bruce Lavelle. Bruce, wow, he was fired <laughs> up for sure. I mean, I was watching it and he was, yep. I mean, not pulling any punches. Um, in terms of going after establishment Republicans, I do want to pull this back up, listen to it, and get your response to some of what he said. The Democrats are terrible in policy, but they're very vicious and they're smart and they stick together. They don't have Mitt Romney's and little Ben Sasses and Bill Cassidy. How about Bill Cassidy? He campaigns in the great state of Louisiana. He campaigns that he's Trump's friend. Every ad has Trump in it. Trump, 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 Trump. And then he votes to impeach me. So what was your take on that? I mean, was he um, throwing out a warning? Is that what he was doing? Okay. Thanks for having me. Let me just yeah. start it off with this <laughs> quote in my, right here, what I'm about to say. Right. <laughs> Tell us what he's doing. Oh my God. Was that a threat? Like, <laughs> dude. When it comes down to the point that you're dropping pants and helping them, unleashing the belt and letting them fall, the game is already over, right? The game is already over. So it was ready, ready in Ohio, set in Florida, and go in Texas, and you watch it rise like a phoenix. You know what? That's when we're going to get the results of those. And while we're working on other states... <laughs> To demonstrate it because, you know, it's so freaking pedestrian and excuse me, but everything that they've been doing is according to their plan, how they decided to obfuscate. So they called them on that plan. I am adamant that this whole charade should have been avoided. It should have been done the right way, which was he's still president. You're all under arrest for doing this. Grab the AFL-CIO Trumpka, who literally has a sickle, you know, behind him. These commies, these corrupt clowns, and lock them up. Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, my gosh, he didn't do anything. Rudy Giuliani just got it a couple weeks before that. Oh, ye of little faith. Stop. You all know when they got the laptop, well... When did I drop the first Hunter email? Oh, months before that. That means that there are people that probably had access to all that stuff a long, long time before. And so today I thought I would demonstrate that to you. While everyone likes to hate on Ray, hate on Sessions, let me tell you something and tell you a little story, okay? So I was in a country. Let me pick one randomly. Uh, that's not close, even close to it. Ah, let's pick the country of Germany. So this is totally make-believe. So I was in Germany and I had one of the best coders possible uh, already in, a, in an institution. And um, I was approached by people from the United States government that wanted to see the progress. The thing is, is that there were specific senators that were asking the question. Now, obviously, we weren't working for them. They, in essence, were working for us, but whatever. But they had the right to ask questions, and you're supposed to answer the questions. So this guy was there, and, you know, uh, his performance 
was subpar. Now, they didn't know that he was assigned there by me, okay? They didn't know. He was the most useless one of them all, according to the reports. Uh, he couldn't code fast enough. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't find things fast enough. I'm very careful with my words here. So um, someone asked, "Is uh, tell me about this really bad one, a really smart, corrupt clown still in the Senate. Tell me about this, um, this guy, Tori. I'm like, dude, we just need placeholders. He's such a loser. Like no one even pays attention to him. And I think he's a local, but I just, you know, slotted him in and hired him just to kind of throw them all off. So I talk smack on that person. I didn't draw any attention. I told them the person was random and it was to throw in some variety in the mix. That way... As chaos was ensuing because they didn't understand how all these transactions were being recorded and they were concerned, right? I was like, I don't know. I think it, we have to look at the really good guys, the ones that have actually worked under the banner of the CIA or the NSA because there's some really good rank and file. Maybe we should remove all of them or maybe you should approach them. So the card that I had in there that was doing all the work was the one that I was <laughs> that one's totally random. He's a <laughs> never moral of the story is you never give away <laughs> anything good. In fact, you ensure that there's so much distance. It's ridiculous. So now let's listen to this with that in mind right here on your show. Yeah. Donald J. Trump, former President Trump, okay, will be, quote, the next 47th president of these United States of America, quote, right here on your show. We'll start off just like that, Heather and Joe. But listen, yeah. <laughs> you saw the enthusiasm. Yeah. You cannot, under no circumstances, go on a ballot and pretend. I call it the great pretenders before on your show with you and Bob. I said, you can't go out there pretending. America first candidate calling all America first candidates essentially is what the president's saying at CPAC. You have to come out all unconditionally America first, putting the people's business first. They thought just because at sleepy, excuse me, president Biden was here in office that they were just going to come out and say, well, he's gone. We're going to come back this house with business as usual. No, sir. No ma'am on this show. It's not going to happen. Well, you have to have the America first agenda at hand to get back on any ballot, no matter where you're serving in this country. Well, Bruce, to that specific point, you talk about this need to put America first. It seems as if the Biden administration thought that simply not being Trump would be enough uh, to maintain their power, maintain their authority with the American people. Uh, we've now seen nuclear silos being dug in China. We've now seen Russia hack the yep. entire planet. Uh, 17 countries compromised with this latest hack, 1,000 countries nationwide. Uh, it seems as if the world is- 17 countries compromised, nuclear stuff. Stop, let's turn this crap off. Let's go. Let me see, anything? No. Well. We're done. We don't need to watch that garbage. Okay? Stop. He's president. He won. Anyone that acknowledges it for optics is a loser. Stand by your truth and be prepared to take the consequences. That's what's up. 
I can't stand it when I say, well, he was president. Joe Biden is not president. That's not the way. It's, he's not president. And anyone that says different has no idea what they're talking about. Now, let me show you how all these losers are not in the know. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? So, unfortunately, you guys, oop, that's Sean Penn. <laughs> you know what? Actually, where is it? Wait a minute. What? Um, hmm. What happened? Wait a minute. Where'd it go? Trying to find the article. Okay, there we go. Here we go. Ugh, almost had a heart attack. All right, so rays of light. Tennessee Valley Authority indictments were related to the Biden crime family and Biden laptop. Here's where people really don't know diddly squat. Let me flex a little bit, okay? Now, there was an article that I published yesterday, and I was waiting to see if anyone would talk about actual spelled out espionage activities, which they didn't. So I would have to assume that all of them are on payroll for the commies and they're all commies because something petty, like I don't like Tori and I don't want to give her validation, even though reporting this would totally take the Joe Biden uh, fake administration out. Pay attention on how I make them pull their pants down. This is where the world sees it. This is how they see it. My cat's really needy right now. He won't leave me alone. You know, if I had video, it would be just like that guy on Twitch that has his, what's that cat called that sits on there? Captain something, something that would be my cat. All right. So let me put this. Okay. Can you guys see this? Let me see. Let me see. Let me put it in full screen so you guys could see it. Let me take this out. All right. Let's take the banner off. All right. Here we go. So in that article that I wrote about espionage activities for profit, which we'll go through. Uh, it was done through a company called Carry Construction, which is now called Granite. Granite is simply another military industrial complex uh, that builds, apparently, and does America's infrastructure. What's the key hot word for the Democrats right now? Infrastructure, right? So while they're talking about boobies and lactation, you know... <laughs> This infrastructure company is quite interesting. As you can see on the board, we have Jeffrey Lash, who is the Tennessee Valley Authority President and Chief Executive Officer that was fired. And by the way, this hasn't been updated. He was fired and still there, fired, still there, fired, still there. So someone should ask themselves, why is it still there? Now listen to what President Trump had to say about him. Our top story tonight, the president firing the chair of the Tennessee Valley Authority, citing high pay and hiring of foreign workers. President Trump making that announcement today, where he also signed an executive order on hiring American. WATE 6 on your side reporter Elizabeth Kubel is in the studio now with a closer look at the action the president took against the federally owned corporation. Elizabeth. That's right, Lori. President Trump telling reporters at the White House that he was removing the TVA's chairman and another member of the board, and he threatened to do the same to other board members if they keep hiring foreign labor. And today I'm signing an executive order to ensure that the federal government 
lives by a very simple rule, hire Americans. A catalyst for change by President Donald Trump taking disciplinary action against the leadership of the Tennessee Valley Authority. I am formally removing the chairman of the board, James Thompson, and board member Richard Howarth. If the TVA does not move swiftly to reverse their decision to rehire their workers, then more board members will be removed. The president also calling for the board to hire a new CEO, claiming the current leader is overpaid and makes $8 million a year. The new CEO must be paid no more than $500,000 a year. Several TVA employees and Congressman Tim Burchett taking a seat at the table today. I'm shaking right now because this really impacts me and my wife and my unborn child. And I greatly appreciate everyone here to support us. Dadgummit, if TVA wants to be Duke Electric, let them be Duke Electric, but they're not. And they, they hide behind the government skirt and they, um, they use eminent domain and their arrogance is beyond belief. After about an hour of discussion, President Trump signed his executive order. Aligning federal contractors and contracting and hiring practices with the interests of the American workers. With a strong message for federal corporations. So let this serve as a warning to any federally appointed board. If you betray American workers, then you will hear two simple words, you're fired. And during that meeting today, the president said he received a phone call from the TVA CEO who indicated a quote, strong willingness to reverse course, Bo. Of course he did. Now a Releasing a statement to us today, reading. Hold on. Of course he did. Actually, President Trump said that he was making fifteen million dollars. He said, "Why is a government employee like Jeffrey Lash making fifteen point five in pay?" So, let me show you why he's making fifteen point five million in 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 salary. Let's see. Does it open in the same one? No. So, let me take you to that scathing article that is supposedly mums the word when this can actually take down the Biden fake Biden administration. So here is the goods. This is from Kenny construction, which is now known as granite. Just talked to Phil Kenny said they're moving forward with the Saudi deal and have given us our first assignment very easy, involves Muldoon carrying some documents to the State Department and then to the Saudi embassy. But he said they're forming an LLC for this and there'll be a monthly draw for us in addition to some sort of partnership stake. He said he'd send us the info as they're preparing it. Think still, think it's still dependent on the Saudis finalizing everything, but it sounds promising as it sounds like the Saudis are mostly there. Wait a minute. First assignment, very easy. Have him carry some documents to the State Department and then to the Saudi embassy. Hmm. So who is Michael Muldoon? Well, he worked with Hunter Biden, of course. Here are the details of his contacts from the contents of his phone. Now, meet Mike Muldoon. He is the director of innovative finance for the Rockefeller Foundation. The foundation's approach to impact investing is really grounded in in what we call the zero gap portfolio, which is a portfolio. Fo Wait, is a zero gap portfolio covering the gap between document muling shit between the State Department and foreign embassies? I, I'm just asking for a friend. Focused on creating new financial products, intermediaries, and tools that can mobilize large scale private capital against the UN Sustainable Development Goals 
And it's really a realization that while there's plenty of kind of interested new investors coming into the broadly defined impact investing space, without the appropriate products out there, they have no way to kind of mobilize their money for impact the way of a Rockefeller Foundation would, would actually care about. And so our team is focused on using our very flexible and risk tolerant grant and investment capital to mobilize those big private investors by creating new financial products that they can invest in to have impact. Oh, look, trust me, I work for the Rockefeller Foundation and all these shell companies that Hunter Biden had. Woohoo. So this is actual evidence of document moving, right, for foreign governments. But it also shows that um, the media is letting it slide. It's really interesting. And not only that, what's very interesting, extremely interesting in my eyes, is that I don't think any of them were registered as a foreign agent in Saudi Arabia from what I looked into. Interesting. Now, what's other, what else is interesting is this video. Isn't this funny? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So that is bonafide first assignment, carry documents. Nothing to see here, of course. Nothing to report, of course. Because it's all okay. Because they didn't say it first. And then when one person starts to say it first, oh boy, oh boy, you're going to have to eat crow real hard. But I'm patient. Now, before we get into Haiti, El Chapo, and a bunch of other stuff, I thought it's important that we revisit this uh, trailer from this movie. <laughs> it's a really cool movie. We should watch it if we can. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, we need to see this. Why? Because it ties into what a fag really is. Here we go. Because fags are really running political operations. Team America was right. This is breaking news with Peter Jennings. Team America has once again pissed off the entire world after blowing up half of Cairo. And now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out. Alec Baldwin is head of the Film Actors Guild. The Film Actors Guild believes that what the world needs is compassion, not violence. All that Team America does is create new enemies. Let me explain to you how this works. You see, the corporations finance Team America. And then Team America goes out, and the corporations sit there in their, in their corporation buildings, and, and, and see that they're all corporation-y, and they make money. Hmm? Wait, we'll watch the rest of it. Why am I saying this? Well, you know what was funny? Haiti was in the news. So what was interesting is all that Haiti stuff in Hunter Biden's laptop. And I thought it was pretty interesting because why is nobody talking about that? Why is nobody talking about what um, is in his laptop and why don't they want to talk about what's in his laptop? So let's go to that. So the article that we're going to look at together right now is uh, titled, hold on, the exact title because I played around with it. 
I was going to say elites are fags, but instead I said fags always stick to the script. Still water, still talking about water. Now, why do I say that? So this is Matt Damon. <laughs> We've been talking about him for a while, haven't we? Oh my God, oh dear. So um, he seems to play some really interesting roles. But what's interesting is, is that Hunter Biden was making a lot of money, a lot of money uh, by uh, boosting companies that were interesting. Now, this company that he had was actually quite a great company. Uh, it was able to create water out of thin air. I kid you not, it did, that they had this truck that would literally create water out of air. Yes, there is such technology. Why don't we know about it? Because they don't want you to know about it. They actually killed that dead in his tracks. So Hunter actually found this company and he's like, hey, we're going to make a lot of money with Haiti and stuff. We could take it there. They need money. So here's an email on Haiti. We understand South Command is now out of the picture and all shots on U.S. recovery aid are being called U.S. aid. However, for any expenditures by USAID to be counted against the $3.5 billion pledge to Haiti, they have to be proposed by one of the three entities, LADB, World Bank, or UN, and cleared by the World Bank Secretariat to the Haiti Recovery Mission. We're hoping to cut through this bureaucracy by simply expanding an existing USAID contract in Haiti, pre-approved by the UN and World Bank before the earthquake. So here we go. The earthquake actually happened when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. Did you know that most, we, we, we've talked about how there are certain people that are very rich and the richest people are the people that actually own land. So we were like, the queen is one of the riches, the Vatican is one of the riches. But did you know that the Clinton Global Initiative actually owns Haiti? You didn't know that? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. But here's where you're going to see the fags in action. They're not on dump trucks like Lady Gaga screaming for Clinton. They're not doing weird things with kids like most of them do. They're not telling you how great it is to take the vaccine, but they're not going to do it. You know, they're not pole dancing, but balls slip out of their underwear. You know, stuff like that. They're not. They're doing other things, more elegant things. So trolling through the WikiLeaks documents, there's a document about the CGI model, the Clinton Global Initiative model. And here they talk about how they're going to expand their things. Well, what was funny is, is under this thing, they call it existing assets. They say CGI stories and video testimonials, interviews with a variety of CGI members about their CGI involvement with a focus on newsworthy VIPs, Matt Damon, Coffee Anon, former UN guy, John Chambers, etc. These are existing assets, assets. Now that you know that, existing assets. Actually, there's evidence here where they were actually placing articles like I told you they do in media. Take a listen now to the film Actors Guild, knowing that Matt Damon is an asset. So Sean Penn, by the way. This is Breaking News with Peter Jennings. Team America has once again pissed off the entire world after blowing up half of Cairo. And now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out. Alec Baldwin is head of the Film Actors Guild. The Film Actors Guild believes that what the world needs is compassion, not violence. All that Team America does is create new enemies. 
Let me explain to you how this works. You see, the corporations finance Team America, and then Team America goes out, and the corporations sit there in their in their corporation buildings, and 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 see that they're, they're all corporationy, and they make money. Hmm? Last year, I went to Iraq. Before Team America showed up, it was a happy place. They had flowery meadows and rainbow skies, and and rivers made of chocolate, where the children danced and laughed and played with gumdrop smiles. The actors are calling for an emergency meeting. Already expected to attend are Helen Hunt, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, Martin Sheen, Susan Sarandon, Janine Garofalo, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. In the meantime, the world wants to deal with dangerous individuals their own way. My fellow actors, we live in a dark time. The world is becoming more and more violent, and the idiots in charge are making it worse. What the world needs is an international advisory committee who truly understands global politics, namely us. <laughs> the time has come for us to start using our acting talents in a different way. Yes, we can use our powers to change the world. <laughs> We will persuade everyone to drive hybrid cars and stop smoking. If we focus our acting on global politics, we can change everything and stuff. As actors, it is our responsibility to read the newspapers and then say what we read on television like it's our own opinion. Matt Damon. We've all done action films. If anyone tries to get in our way, we'll show them how tough us actors really are. <laughs> Glad you all agree, because I've just been contacted by a very important political leader, who is bringing all the world leaders together for a massive international peace conference, and he wants us to be the keynote speakers. Matt Damon, say hello to our new partner. They were always commies. I mean, uh, seriously, always commie. Speaking of water and, uh, you know, Matt Damon, here's an asset of the Clintons talking. <laughs> Actually, they called him an existing asset. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, the president said, scoot, I'm going to scoot. So now it's time for the commitment. I'm very excited to announce that water.org will extend its work to Haiti. Uh, one of the world's poorest nations. And having suffered four devastating hurricanes last year, ha Haiti is in dire need of more effective and sustainable solutions that'll guarantee its population has access to some of life's most basic necessities. Currently, only 51% of rural residents have access to safe drinking water, while only 29% of urban areas have proper sanitation coverage. That's funny because Hillary Clinton ensured that they would be denied some technology that seemed pretty badass to get water because she wasn't going to make money off of it. And it was Biden who, by the way, just so you know, the Bidens aren't that powerful. They're like the grifter gang that they put in the middle between the Clintons and Obama. Obama can't stand Hillary. Remember he let her die on that Benghazi Hill because he needed her out. She was using too much of that USAID money, making money for herself 
and not tapping him the cut. Over a three-year period, Water.org's new commitment will bring safe drinking water and sanitation to a minimum of 50,000 people, helping decrease the prevalence of water and sanitation-related diseases. It'll also enhance awareness of good hygiene practices among local communities and improve water resource management. To achieve this, we'll support local NGOs through our grant-driven programs, adding new members to our global network of partner organizations. This will deliver subsidies to some of Haiti's poorest communities to enable them to establish sustainable water and sanitation infrastructure. In the longer term, we'll also explore relationships with microfinance partners on the ground to extend water credit to Haiti. Drawing on major donations water and credit. support through a proactive social media campaign, Water.org will deliver at least $2 million to fund this, com this commitment, and we're well on our way because of the generous support of the ACTA Foundation. But we want to challenge everyone here in this room tonight to support this commitment to the people of Haiti. Give us by money. us at water.org. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to dispel all this bullshit um, with the next article that I wrote. That's why they had a drop together. Now, here's the thing. Matt Damon has a thing for water, guys. It's like this guy is like insanely obsessed with water. TMZ did a report on that. So we're going to look at that. But here's what's funny. Here is Doug Band, who worked for President Clinton, by the way, resigned and flipped and gave a lot of shit. Don't believe me? You'll see. So this guy is trying to help Hunter Biden get in with the Clintons, and he's trying to get in to have a meeting so that the Clintons let him do business in Haiti. Thanks, Doug. I'll actually be in New York this Tuesday, the 29th, if you're now around. In fact, part of the reason I will be up there is for an event for my brother, Bo, that Chris Hines is hosting at his home in Tribeca. If you would like to come to that, why don't you come as my guest? No need to contribute. I have attached the details. I know Bo would like to see you as well, and it should be a fun group. If that doesn't work, maybe we can meet for coffee sometime before the event. I have a few things in, in and around Midtown during the day, but could break away for coffee. Let me know. Totally sounds like something I would send. So this guy works for the Clinton, worked for the Clinton. He did a lot of dirty work for the Clintons, actually. He did a lot of dirty work. Um, and <laughs> here they are. Where Doug says, hope you are doing well. I wanted to follow up on a conversation I had with President Clinton when I saw him in Arkansas last month. He expressed interest in me potentially joining him on one of his future trips to Haiti. Haiti is a really mysterious thing, though, guys. I mean, you know, was that an earthquake? Was it the whole fracking thing? Do you know that they have more oil than any registered oil reserves on the planet. And the thing is, they don't even talk about it. I mean, they're on four tectonic plates. A little bit of fracking can make a big difference on the earthquake. Now, let's get back to Matt Damon. Let's get back to this fag, okay? So here he is talking about water again. I don't know how they named the movie Still Water. Okay, so this is based on something that I talked about before on the radio, pretty sure, about the American that was thrown in jail for murder in Italy, and she was a student because all these murders were happening, and they needed someone to be thrown in jail, so they just threw her in there. Is she innocent? 
personally, I think she is. She just got caught in the middle and they needed to pin it on someone else but the people that actually did it and why they did it. That's very interesting. Take a look at the trailer. I'm trying to get my little girl out of jail. That's all I give a damn about. The day you left from Marseille, I drove to the airport. I went to the gift shop and I saw this necklace. It was gold. It said still water on it. I thought it'd be a little piece of home to take with you. Some folks are born made to wear the fly. You're in Marseille for vacation? Yeah, I'll visit my daughter. Yet the father of the girl? Did the Americans do that? Yes, ma'am. Allison came here for college, and that's where she met this girl, Lena. One night she found Lena dead and called the police. All they cared about was Allison sleeping with some Arab girl. I loved her. I know you did. But everybody thinks that I killed her. We have exhausted every possible legal action. Is the lawyer not helping you? I'm doing it myself for now. I could help. What's your name? Maya. Maya. That's nice. She's very protective with me. You seen that guy before? No one would talk to you, trust me. And not from here. It's not safe for you. She's my little girl. Please. I'm not gonna give up. It will be a serious mistake to commit a crime to prove your daughter innocent. It will not get her out of jail. And it will send you in. Lord, please keep a watchful eye on Allison. Amen. Police. Did you ask her to lie? I'm trying to get my little girl out of jail. That's all I give a damn about. You sound very American right now. Good, I am. Yeah, and you're also a stranger here. What did you do? You just have to trust me. The thing is, this is a part of um, the story about Amanda Knox, right? I don't know if you guys know about it. I've talked about her before. Um, and they've just revamped it. But this water thing just doesn't leave him at all. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then they're like, oh, could you relate to the Republican? It's like, how can he relate to anything? Even Team America, all he could utter was Matt Damon, Matt Damon. That's all he could say. <laughs> what a tool. What a tool. What a super tool. So we're going to take a short break, get some of that coffee going. Um, and I want to say, let's do some Russian collusion. What do you guys think? I, I need some Russian collusion beat music. No? Do you guys want Russian collusion music? Yeah, I want some Russian collusion music. I just need to find it because I'm kind of feeling it to that music going. Here we go. See you in just a bit.
that's a Russian song, right, guys? I, I think it is. That is. All right. So now, um, hopefully, up until this one-hour break that we just had, you know, um, you're kind of getting a picture of what's going on in Haiti. That way you understand things. Because a lot of people talk about, well, the human trafficking seals be, yes, yes, that's all real. But the point is, why? Why did the taxpayers fund gold mines? Why did the taxpayers, you know, um, fund the fracking sites? Why did the taxpayers fund the, you know, other atrocious things that I'm not going to talk about right now? Why, why, why? Lots of questions of why. Well, because you weren't paying attention. Because as you see right now, all these things should be in discussion and no one is talking about it. So you have to ask yourself why. There's only one clean cut answer. They're all in on it. Because there's no reason as to why this information isn't out there. So the next article that I dropped today was about Sean Penn, the fag of the new agency, Haiti, El Chapo and assassinations. Now I've talked about Sean Penn before again. If many of you even have no idea, this guy has been in war zones. Why? Why are you sending actors there? They're not there for USO shows. So why are they going? Not only that, while he was wanted by Interpol, the FBI, DA, you name a three-letter agency globally, they were looking for El Chapo. Yet this, this dude, Sean Penn, got to sit down with him. Ever see that interview? Well, this was a great report by British Channel 4 talking about Sean Penn meeting the Mexican drug lord. <laughs> yeah, that shit is real. Take a listen. If you're the world's most famous drug lord, responsible for untold amounts of misery and death, how do you justify what you've done? Joaquin El Chapo Guzman competes with a cockerel on one of his farms and offers us this. Then a reminder, this is no farmhand in a flamboyant shirt. A member of his private army wanders into shot. We'll come to the bizarre story of this interview in a moment. But first, over the weekend, a gun battle in the city of Los Machos, a joint US-Mexican operation caught El Chapo hiding out in a sewer. Appropriate for the man the Mexicans call Lord of the Tunnels. Now, back in the prison, he last escaped from in this. Today, we learned that a team of El Chapo engineers was sent to Germany for three months training ahead of its construction. And now, the El Chapo story takes another turn down the rabbit hole. Quiero dejar en claro El contenido de esta entrevista es exclusivo para la señorita Kay del Castillo y el señor Sean Penn. 
Turns out the new interview with Rolling Stone magazine was brokered by the American actor with the help of... We don't need them to complete our pretty pictures. Mexican actor Kate Del Castillo. The people will be very sympathetic. Both actors have been critical about the effectiveness of the U.S. and Mexican war on drugs. Sean Penn met El Chapo in September while he was still on the run. His article in the magazine describes driving through an army checkpoint with one of El Chapo's lieutenants, for example. We arrive at a military checkpoint. Two uniformed government soldiers back away, looking embarrassed, and wave us through. The article is in fact quite a clever analysis of the war on drugs, but it has its moments of moral relativism as well. Whatever villainy is attributable to this man and his indisputable street genius, he is also a humble rural Mexican. The fuck he is. Mexican officials said they were aware of the October meeting between Penn, Del Castillo and El Chapo and were considering an investigation into the actors. Either way, their involvement didn't go down well in some quarters. I hope they extradite El Chapo to the United States. And, you know, if one of these American actors who have benefited from the greatness of this country, who have made money from our free enterprise system, want to go fawn all over a criminal and a drug trafficker in their interviews, they have a constitutional right to do it. I find it grotesque. There was also talk between the actors and the drug lord of a film biopic. Questions then for the sequel. Will El Chapo get extradited? What will become of his empire? Who's really winning the war on drugs? And who's losing? Huh. So Sean Penn, uh, nothing but an actor, of course, uh, nailed this interview with the Lord of the Tunnels, which we know what they use tunnels for, aside from just drugs. Well, here's a statement. Hillary Clinton planned the Benghazi attack but Barack Hussein Obama made sure she takes the she takes a fall for the Arab Spring he funded because he needed her gone. She had taken a lot of his resources from USA to allocate for project that enriched her plan, and she was undercutting the money he was due. Besides, Obama threw Joe under the bus too right before the 2012 elections. Those Cayman accounts were handed over to Romney, even though they were promised to Joe. Now this is kind of random, but I want you to remember the article I put out earlier, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, um, where there was a Hunter Biden email uh, talking about how the 2012 elections were fixed and how Obama screwed Joe over for money because he knew he won the elections before the 2012 elections. Okay. And this is 100% true. Now, you have to think to yourself, all right, Sean Penn. Sean Penn does not align with Hillary Clinton. He's actually an asset. And like this picture shows, it shows you whose pocket he's in. Pay attention. So he nails this interview, sits down and talks with him. But here's another thing. Did you know that he was also in Haiti running his own operations? If not, here's an, an email from Hunter Biden's laptop. They got really, really pissed because apparently they lost the water deal with Aquaphor, okay? They lost the deal and they were very upset. So here's where they're like, hi y'all, just got off the phone. This is from the uh, Partners in Health. This is from the hospital. Just got off the phone with Doug Davenport, who's the owner of the company that created the machine that was used to take moisture out of the air and make water. Most of us saw it in use in the general hospital after the quake. 
It is still in Haiti and not being used. They would be happy for us to use it as it will give their company visibility. These are the stats. Produces 2,200 gallons of water per day and runs on about 75 gallons of diesel a day, but can also be plugged into the electrical grid, which we are on St. Mark, right? I think we could negotiate who would pay for the fuel and maybe CBHF could do it. I would say we should do it unless any of you have reservations about this and would imagine setting that up with St. Mark would be the best. Please let me know ASAP. I may call you, Patrick. Let me know if you're free. So she sends all this to Partners in Health. And a few of these Partners in Health actually work for Hillary Clinton because they needed water. It was desperate that they needed water. So... Hold on, let me see the top of that. Hi, Joya. Short version as I'm on the run. Bad experience with this at H-U-E-H, according to Ms. Ms. Thompson. She asked OB to get rid of it, and Bill told me it was a mess. Please check with David Darg and Bill Horan for opinion, as I believe they try to help. Option will be Pentstair General Electric. Installing one as we speak at CTC Meyer Belays. Five... 5,000 gallons a day with solar power, XOL, right? So then she sends an email to them and, and uh, says, Hi, Doug. I'm afraid the Haiti team heard bad things from leadership at the general hospital and has made other arrangements. That is a decision from our chief operating officer in Haiti, so I have to respect that. I hope you have more luck with Sean Penn's group all the best. Now, Partners in Health were part of um, uh, Governor DeWine. Uh, there was Hillary Clinton. Um, well, the Clinton Foundation. Um, oh, shoot. Um, come on. The name escapes me. Maybe somebody will pick it up. Um, anyway, so they worked together. But the other camp was Sean Penn's group. And so the email says, what the fuck see below? Does this make any sense at all? That this makes absolutely no sense unless someone in Haiti with a competing interest has paid someone off. The video speaks for itself. So I'll show you that video. But first, first, let's stick to the topic and then I'll show you this miraculous thing. I want you guys to see how this earthquake happened. For those of you watching, those of you that are not watching, you'll just hear a little bit of noise. Uh, this is a live recording of the earthquake. Yeah, there's no sound. We're just looking at picture. One again. So as you see, there was a long earthquake and then on top of that, what he noticed was suddenly he saw like a dust come forward before the earthquake happened. And uh, it seemed to be like for a long shake. And 
people are screaming, their houses are down, but then someone's like, what happened? So when this earthquake happened, all these people manifested. The Hillary, uh, the, the Clinton Global Initiative was always there. They were busy doing other things. See, they own Haiti. The Fonjul brothers own the Dominican Republic. That's a story for another time when this Epstein shit comes out. Okay. <laughs> you should do a little bit of digging on that. That way you'll understand why they were ushered from one side of the place to the other. But I'll leave that for now. Now, Sean Penn. I mean, he interviews El Chapo, goes to places like Afghanistan and Iraq, and hangs out with all the jihadis and the ISIS leaders. Hangs out in the tunnels underneath, <clears throat> like I told you, with reporters on the Palestinian side. And Tori was right, wasn't she? When they bombed AP headquarters, who were there? Oh, Hamas. Oh, dear. Sounds like I really don't know what I'm talking about. Again, truth is like poison to shilling ears. Now, the person you see on your screen is called James Solage. He's a Haitian American. He actually was a driver slash bodyguard slash gal Friday for Sean Penn in Haiti, right? He was Sean Penn's bitch. I mean, we know about these drivers and shit, right? Remember Osama bin Laden's bodyguard slash driver, right? Who Obama let go, right? That one. Okay. So going back to this driver guy, he's been arrested in Haiti because he actually was he actually admitted that he was going to obtain the president of Haiti, right? So he was going to get President Moise, right, and detain him and arrest him, supposedly. He was going to arrest him. And he and his buddy, Joseph Vincent, who's 55, did that. They said, oh, we just went in as interpreters. That was it. Some guy named Mike who... <laughs> Sounds like some guy named Mike who speaks English and Spanish only hired us. We found the job on the internet and we just went there to do it. Well, let me tell you about this guy who worked for Sean Penn for a long time in Haiti. He actually has worked for Obama for American, the Canadian embassy, Sean Penn's group as partners in health called it, right? <laughs> so weird, right? He's just a freaking contractor. It lives in Florida, right? Where all the loser contractors actually sequester. <laughs> so weird. And you know what's even weirder? Look at all the people that were arrested in Haiti that were tied into the murder of the president of Haiti and his wife. Shit, they're El Chapo cartel members. Oh, dear. Because all these fuckers are Haitian, right? Can you see? Mike, you speak English and Spanish. I don't know. I was just there. Mm. Common factor, Sean fucking Penn. Hello? So, see... The, the, the thing that you need to understand is El Chapo cartel members are in Haiti conducting an assassination. And it just so happened that Sean Penn, who was the only one that can nail an interview with El Chapo saying, oh, he's just a good guy, rural dude, so humble and shit. He just traffics people in drugs and tunnels and shit. No big deal. He just can survive in Manhattan's jail and eat steak. But then they supposedly... <laughs> Epstein killed himself in the most impossible way with paper clothing from his bed that would mean that he would have had a catapult. Jesus, I, I'm not going to go there. So pointing it out, what they're not telling you is the real story right here.
which is, wait a minute. So Sean Penn's dudes that have been with him in Haiti for a long time claim they got this job on the internet, right? From some guy named Mike that speaks only English and Spanish. <laughs> These guys speak French and English. All right. They all happen. They've arrested cartel members right here that have been rounded up, connected to the murder of the president, the first lady of Haiti. But no one's, I mean, where's Sean Penn? Is he sitting somewhere pretty? Because uh, dude should be interrogated. I mean, they're interrogating every single American that happened to be in the vicinity of January 6th. Hence why I took the long way around and made sure to ask a shit ton of stupid questions to Secret Service. So there were multiple cameras they had to erase me from, and that would raise some flags. So again, where's Sean Penn? Hmm? That's the deal. Where's Sean Penn? What are they mining? Why are they there? Why do they own the place? And damn, the El Salvadorians that were rounded up, isn't it time we kind of tapped on the Sugar Brothers and asked them a couple questions? I mean, they're so linked up with this Haiti shit. Like, it's crazy. You know, they're like duplicity. They're like the Koch Brothers, but they sit on both fences. See, the Koch Brothers would totally fund Republicans, which are all freaking Democrats in hiding, right? This is all the same party. I've said this over the years. There's no two parties. It's a one party system. It's just an illusion of them tugging and tugging and tugging to give you the impression that they're op opposing parties when they're really not. I mean, yes, in there somewhere, there's a couple patriots, but all these fuckers are dirty. If you're in the Senate, you're definitely dirty. I don't care who you are. Okay. You took something except for Sessions. <laughs> Can't say Sessions has been like, damn, like that's why nobody liked him. He's been busy anyway. So here we go, pointing out the real facts in Haiti, okay? The real facts. Yeah, the Sugar Brothers. Do you know that the majority of all sugar owned and sold is owned by two brothers? One funds Democrats, the other one funds Republicans. Like, stop. And not only that, they own the airport that Jeffrey Epstein would totally visit all the time. And it just so happened that um, Lois Frankel... Uh, had a meeting with um, Ghislaine Maxwell and one of the Fonjul brothers talking about PBI's re renovation when she was mayor. Yeah, have all that shit. So hmm, that's another story for another time, okay? Total story for another time. Again, sometimes when I come out with frustration, it's because of the shit I know and that I can't put it out. That's not the time now, but I have spoken about it. So there, I've spoken about the Fonjul brothers before, Okay. Always spoken about them before. I just can't get into depth because it's not the time. It'll just die somewhere in a corner because, you know, you have um, people that are not reporting what the people need to know. And that's what sucks. Because when topics come out like Cuba, right? Cuba, that's going to be super interesting. Super, super interesting. Now, in the meantime, again, I just wanted to say before we shift topics here, I want you to see the president is not freaking stupid. He knew exactly what he was doing. And all this arose from the laptop. So as you could see, look at little Ray glowing over there. Rays of light will be coming. You'll see. The problem is people don't have faith anymore. And I don't blame them. You know, I really don't blame people for not having faith. I really do not blame people for not having faith. How could you have faith when you see that everyone has a price? They're all about themselves. It's spiritual suffocation, right? You suffocate 
your own freaking soul by trying to suck somebody else's or make a dime on somebody's back. We're always thinking of, oh, what can I get out of them? Not thinking, oh, I'm just going to love them because. I mean, if everyone, I know it sounds so cliche, if everyone just loved everyone unconditionally, which every person has the right to and can, this world would be a better, like super better place. But people are always out for something. They don't care anymore. It's always about themselves. It's always about how they make money or who's going to give them something. It's never about anything else. Never. Now, having said that, I also want to bring into focus, just because we were talking about Haiti, just because we were talking about cartels, I'm going to drill this home again. You know, remember who was on the board when this stuff happened, right? It was James Comey. That's why I said, like, where's James Comey? The minute I saw Haiti, I was like, where's James Comey? A Senate investigation has found that HSBC Bank for years allowed Mexican drug cartels to launder billions of dollars through the bank's U.S. operation. A trail of emails the investigation uncovered indicate that some officials, including the anti-money laundering director in Mexico, were aware of the illicit transfers. There were allegations of 60% to 70% of laundered proceeds in Mexico going through HBMX. He also stated that HBMX executives didn't care about anti-money laundering controls. Levin says much of the proceeds made their way back to Mexico and were deposited in currency exchange houses. From there, they were securely transported back into the United States. Some of those Casas de Cambios had accounts at HP Mexico, which in turn took all the physical dollars that it got transported them by armored car or aircraft back all right guys can you hear me am i here i'm on right i'm live i'm live all right i'm here all right i don't know why that happened i think they wanted to just cut it <laughs> there's a lot of people upset that i'm on air right now so i mean and there's always a method to my madness so let's 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 pick up where we left off okay you got me let's go back across the border to HBUS for deposit. Irene Dorner, the president and CEO of HSBC Bank USA, apologized for the lax uh, controls. HSBC's compliance history, as examined today, is unacceptable. HSBC has learned some very hard lessons from the experience of the past few years, but we have taken very substantial steps to address the problems that we, our regulators, and this subcommittee have identified. Dorner and other HSBC executives say the bank has made deep policy changes to address the issue. David Bagley, HSBC's head of compliance, said he will step down from the position, but he'll remain at the bank. The Did he not get a promotion like James Comey and become an FBI director after that shit? Department inducting a criminal investigation into HSBC's operations, it declined to confirm that the bank is in settlement talks. This is a major case where a lot of people are going to be in big trouble. There are a lot of very serious laws with harsh and stiff penalties for people who are deeply involved in this controversy. There's a federal money laundering act, for example, that will tag uh, huge monetary penalties and imprisonment of up to 20 years for anybody who knowingly participates 
in a financial transaction where they knew uh, that it was the situation involving illicit gains. The report also says U.S. regulators knew the bank had a poor system for detecting problems but failed to take action. In addition to the laundering charges, the report says some HSBC affiliates skirted U.S. bans against financial transactions with Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Bangladesh. Some of those transactions are believed to have helped fund al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups. Warren Levinson, Associated Press. You mean that's how Obama funded them, right? (laughs) Didn't we see the HSBC is closing down? Oh my gosh. And yet here you are thinking that nothing's happening in the background somewhere. The closest people to our amazing president still have no idea what's going on. They're just speculating. If it's not President Trump, it's going to be no one because he won. He's president. Huh? Where's James Comey? Where is James Comey? He was sitting on the board when all of this went down, funding Al-Qaeda, funding the Arab Spring, funding, 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 moving money for the cartels. Haiti, you name it, it's been done. Where do you think it came from? Oh, jeez. And then he got promoted to FBI director. Stomp. Stomp. Now, let's shift gears. Our amazing America's mayor is here to tell you about the sacrifice. Because that's what it looked like that they offered Ashley Babbitt. It's like Pelosi's like, no, don't say anything. Here we go. Take a listen to what he had to say. Very quickly, sir, as we wrap up, um, Ashley Babbitt, you know what happened to her. Uh, I am astounded. You know, I I thought back to when you were mayor, to when my father was police commissioner. When a police shot somebody, when a policeman killed somebody, whether it was a good shooting or a bad shooting, and yes, there are good shootings and bad shootings, that's uh, (laughs) a term of the trade, you had to put everything out there. Uh, you put it out there. Mayor Bloomberg, Commissioner Kelly, they would go before the media and put it all out there. How do they how do they justify not briefing the public on the basic facts of this of this moment? Because this was a completely phony uh, operation here. They tried to they tried to take uh, this this uh, unfortunate trespass, which shouldn't have been done and make it into an insurrection. Well, first of all, this is the only insurrection in which a shot wasn't fired. Uh, the only shot fired is the one shot by the police officer at an, at an unarmed woman, which they don't want to talk about. So uh, there is a whole plot behind this, and I'm not sure I understand all of it. But how, how is it that this thing all shows up on the on a video taken yeah. by an Antifa member, paid for by CNN, and he just happens to be there when the shooting takes place, and he just happens to know where the gun is located, and none of the police have any interest in that? I showed that the night happened to three different New York City former detectives. Every single one of them, I can't repeat the word, you know how they said it. They said, well, one of them was absolutely certain. The other two said it had to be investigated. I mean, this is a pot you have to invest. I hope I hope, I hope the cops got a good explanation. Yeah. Well, Mr. Mayor, uh, we still have questions and they're not going away. This we is an stop. We will this not stop. We'll not stop asking them. Mr. Mayor, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, to be continued, sir. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back. 
you're going to be hearing a lot from America's mayor. They are going after them. Why? Because they want to disable them from actually working. Hmm. Who did it? You have to think. You know, a lot of people think that things are not happening. They are. And uh, maybe there are some deals that are being cut that none of us like. Right. But sometimes you win some too. And well, you lose some (laughs) in order to get the job done to minimize the impact to the people. And again, President Trump always knows what he's doing. And for anyone to doubt that, they obviously have no idea what they're talking about. Now, while many people are talking about Cuba, I want to show you a clip about Cuba reacting to the unrest and and tomorrow I am hoping to be done with my piece on Cuba, which will shed a lot of light though. I have to say I've made mention about Cuba before. Well, no made mention of the operations that I'm going to expose to you about Cuba before. And, um, it's, uh, you're going to be really upset and you're going to see why, the president's class action suit will actually garner more traction. Including some civil rights activists. Yeah, and Sean, these Cuban protesters are calling for freedom on the streets. In this video, you can see police throwing rocks at protesters. And at some point during this video, you could also hear gunshots. And crowds flipped police vehicles outside the Communist Party's headquarters in Havana. And they were chanting, Cuba is not yours. But Sean, many of these protesters actually been seen carrying the American flag as a symbol of hope and freedom that America represents. The interesting thing is many politicians in America have been pointing out that around this same time last year, right here in America, we actually saw the opposite with American protesters burning our flag. Yeah, in a weird way, I'm excited to see this because when you see people fighting for freedom and they're still looking at our flag as that symbol, it makes me feel good that someone in, in this country, in this in this world rather, recognizes what the flag of our country means. So it's sad that so many in our own country don't recognize this because when you look at you know, the folks on the left, the squad, w- Congresswomen like AOC and Ilmar Owen, they've been silent on this. They've been silent about these people who are being oppressed and are fighting for their freedom. I assume it's because they don't want to call attention to the ills of socialism, the same ills that they want to bring to this country. Mm. And in a tweet, the acting assistant secretary for the U.S. Department of State's Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs said protests are growing because the Cuban people want to express concerns about, get this, John, COVID cases and deaths. You know, concern about COVID cases and deaths. The secretary is completely ignoring the fact that they have been subject to decades of repression under a communist regime. Well, having said that, did you know that they actually have a vaccine against lung cancer. True story. Small cell carcinoma has been eradicated in Cuba. Just saying. Yeah, it just frankly doesn't make sense. President Biden released a statement in part that said the United States calls on the Cuban regime to hear their people and serve their needs at this vital moment rather than enriching themselves. Never want. Whoa. Well, We need to check this statement out. Oh, I did not see that. 
Did he really say that? Oh, dear. Then we've got to ask him questions about the operations they executed there. Does he mention the ills of communism or socialism or the regime itself? It's amazing what's not in that statement. Yeah, and Sean, there are questions about the extent of President Biden's involvement in issuing his own statement. Take a listen to what White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said about that. We, are, of course, are monitoring closely. You saw the, the, the statement the president uh, we put out in the president's name this morning. Uh, front, uh, in, Dang, her hair looks a lot more ginger right now. In his voice, of course, uh, conveying his support for the people of Cuba. Sean, did you find it odd at all the way that she expressed that, saying that we put this out, of course, in his voice? I mean, did he even see it? I, that was one of the oddest phrase things that I've heard in a long time from the podium, right? I got asked all the time, do the president's tweets? And I would say, yeah, they speak for themselves. The idea that you're like, seriously, he saw this. I'm not kidding. The president knows what's going on. That was embarrassing. Oh, seriously. Like, this is just happening way too often. And I'm making <laughs> some really nice commentary here, but... Let's start this again. What's going on? That was embarrassing. Yeah, it felt very, very odd. Uh, but President Trump also, he weighed in today, of course, saying, quote, don't forget that Biden and the Democrats campaigned on reversing my very tough stance on Cuba. Remember when Obama attended baseball games with Castro while they imprisoned, beat and killed the Cuban people? I stand with the Cuban people 100 percent in their fight for freedom. End of his quote. What if I told you that Barack Hussein Obama helped keep Castro there? That's what you're going to see. You're going to see how they did it. I'm going to show you because it's time to shed a little bit of light. It's time to shed some light. It's very important we shed some light. Very important. Because, you know, a lot of people say things. <laughs> Damn. A lot of people say things that they shouldn't. You have to remember what all this is for. You have to remember what this is for. Money, 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 money. You want to talk devastation? You got to think sometimes. Remember, uh, okay, Terpsahori is my name. She was the muse of music, of frequency and dance. Yet, I don't think she had fires in her palms. You know, <laughs> if one would guess what kind of person I am, I'd be the one earwigging into Noah's ear and telling him, Yo, they're, we're going to like annihilate this place. I suggest you start building an ark, right? Because I'm going to torch this place like nobody's business. So I suggest you start getting ready. And the, and the thing is, what could have happened is that uh, maybe in retrospect, it should have been more like, let me whisper into everyone's ear and say, it's about to get hot in here, so you better fix this. And this is the part that we're at. It's about to get really, really hot. So this better be fixed. And the more they push back on us, the more it's going to hurt. Yeah, the president's not the only one holding the Biden administration accountable. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, he said, quote, the people of Cuba and Venezuelan here in America know the protests in Cuba are a direct result of oppressive socialist agenda, not about covid Misery and socialism run on parallel tracks. Socialist Democrats may not realize it, but most Americans do. Both of our next guests actually are also calling out the administration for their lack of support for the Cuban people. Let's bring in Florida Congressman Carlos Jimenez.
when you, I don't know if you had a chance to ask your mom this yet. Okay, you didn't go deaf. <laughs> uh, they, I have no idea why this is happening. Suddenly Trojans are coming. Somebody's very upset. Like, what's going on? I have to refortify. Didn't expect that. Here we go. And as the leader of the free world, America must stand shoulder to shoulder with the Cuban people during this time. You know, Congressman, we're talking about how this Communist Party isn't working for Cuba, but... President Biden, his statement or the White House statement, whoever wrote that, Jen Psaki, it didn't mention communism at all. How do you think that this administration is handling this? Are they being too soft on a communist party? They're not being soft. They're covering their tushies. And the reason, uh, well, there's many. There's exposure. Because when the people find out how, when, and what happened, and who paid for it? Could you imagine how would you feel knowing that they use your money to screw people over in Cuba? And the guy that helped sign off on that shit is playing president right now. It's like I'm so done with dress up. Okay. I'm really done with dress up. And we need to finish this up really, really quickly. I'm really done with dress up. So, how do we move this along? Well, I think we need a little bit of music. And. So, uh, actually, I had this come across on my Alexa today uh, because I have new neighbors in my um, in my building next to me, and um, I had found this one as a cover that I wanted to play for you. It actually came up on my suggested list, so I thought I would play this acoustic loop cover for you. It's actually quite cool. So on that note, guys, great new time, totally loving it. Tomorrow, hopefully I'll have that article out about Cuba in the morning, and then we'll talk about it. And my neighbors are, <laughs> they're pretty chill. Remember what it's really about, crimes, crimes against humanity, you guys. You know, I couldn't believe that this was jamming early this morning. And it's a really sad, sad song, you know. So I thought I'd give a more jazzy version. See how that music tells you more than the words, right? Incredible, isn't it? Wow. I thought I'd share that with you because acoustically that was incredible. So obviously we're going to end with the favorite lyrics that I have. But actually today I will not put the, um, the usual one that I love to play, 
But um, I want to put um, Tom McDonald's Don't Look Down. And I say this because I shared like a video where he was talking about it. I absolutely loved his answer um, to the trolling, to the misunderstanding. Uh, I think I shared it on Telegram for you guys to see. Listen to the lyrics and what he says. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people see people giving credit for work that they do or um, the inner message shit, and they shouldn't because what he says is pretty spot on and it's pretty raw. So good night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. I can't hide my frown. My smile is hiding from my mouth. I can't lie, my mind keeps finding time to fight myself. I dive so deep inside, feel like I died and I'm in hell. Or I'm so high, my eyes can't see the ground beneath the clouds. Don't look down. Don't look down. I tried to keep it quiet, silence on my cries for help. As long as I am rising till I'm upside down, I won't look down. This a meteoric rise, keep ignoring all the horror stories like so-and-so got way too famous and ended up killing himself with some pills and a knife.